you don't have a specific plan in your place, life is just going to fuck you up. It's just going to move you around. You're going to just take the punches and you're not going to be able to like be a solid person, be that solid rock as people say. And you're just going to get blown around with the wind, you know? So, I mean, it's just just funny. It's funny the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here though. Yeah, he's crazy, dude. Ladies and gents, hey, thanks for tuning in uh, to another episode of the Barado Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Tony Barado. Today's a fun episode. I get a chance to talk to uh, Ben Mangum. So I've known Ben for many years, and the transformation he's gone through uh, physically, mentally, has been uh, fascinating to watch. Super proud of him. Um, He now uh, runs a coaching business, so he helps like-minded folks reach their goals. Uh, I'll leave all the um, information that you need uh, for the episode in the description below, as well as today's sponsors. So you can take a look at uh, everybody who's supported the podcast below, including one of my favorites, AG1. So Athletic Greens, uh, known as AG1, is the all-in-one supplement. So uh, take a look at the link below. You're going to get a year supply of travel packs, as well as their vitamin D3, which most of America is vitamin D deficient. So this is just a good way to um, increase your vitamin D intake. So take a look at that uh, along with our other sponsors. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in for KXAXY. Um, ben, what's up, buddy? Hey, not too much. What's good, man? Dude, everything, man. So listen, first, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. Been a minute. Yeah, for sure, bro. It has been a minute. Too bad we couldn't have gone in person, but... Maybe we'll make that happen soon. We'll have another episode if you if you like me enough. I do like you enough. Uh, you've you've. I think you're probably like in the top tier of guests that I've had on multiple times. I think, not including Brenda, I think she's been on the most, um, and she hates every minute of it. But I think yeah, you're like you're you're number three uh, of the yeah. guests that've been on the most. So uh, congrats on that front. You do get a prize at the end of this. <laughs> um no but it's good to we'll, we'll definitely do it in person for sure um but i wanted to talk to you mainly because uh it's it's been interesting to see you well we're gonna do a couple things but it's been interesting to see you kind of transform um mentally physically and uh it fascinates me more so i think when this does happen to individuals that you know i know and care about because i it's such a big part of my life and has been for so many years as you know and you know i just turned 38 and people look at me like I'm a fucking psycho that I still commit to health so much, you know, because not for nothing, not to downplay what, what you're doing, but when you're in your twenties, it's way easier. It just is two reasons why. Number one, you don't really have a lot going on typically, not you and specifically, but in your twenties, you don't have a lot going on. You're still trying to figure out like your career and you might be single and, you know, you, uh, you're still eating whatever you want. Your metabolism is still booming and mentally your brain is still developing until you're in your, you know, late twenties, 25, 26 studies say that you're still in development, right? So you're still trying to figure things out. You don't know what to do. You don't have structure in your life. So there's a big opportunity for people in their twenties to get that structure right away. But more often than not, a lot of people in their twenties don't. So it's even more fascinating that you figured out a little bit earlier 
but you're kind of on this fast track of you figured it out, you're good at it, you see the results, and now you're starting to teach people how to do it. And that to me is motivating because for a big part of my life, that's what I was doing as well. And then as you get older, you don't really have the time to do that stuff if you don't make the time. And I personally make the time, and it's it's shown residual benefits for me in my in my late years. So <laughs> that's uh, yeah. that's a big reason why I wanted to to get you on, man, because it's it's cool to see, and and I'm proud of you, and I can't wait to hear and see everything that's going to go down in your life. So congrats on everything. I appreciate it, bro. No, I'm really excited just to dive into it and talk to you more about it. Cause even though we connect from time to time with phone calls or whatever, but you know, we don't always get to dive into everything. So it's cool to do it on a podcast like this. And then we can hopefully help some other people out too, with sharing our perspectives on it. Yeah, man. Now that, that is the beautiful thing I love about podcasts. Every time we, we sit down and chat, whether it's FaceTime or over the phone, it's always like, you don't, I mean, you kind of feel rushed, right? Because when you're on the phone, it's like it's during a weekday or, you know, you're, you're shooting the shit about one topic, but there's so much, there's so much shit going on in, in both of our lives. There's so much to talk about. Like, I feel like with most of my close friends like you is I, <laughs> I could probably talk to you for like four or five hours. So that's why the podcast is like such a cool medium because, you know, we can really hash it out and talk about it and, I like more. Po- I like podcasting in particular. These type of conversations where it's just shooting the shit with friends, because it lives forever. You know, like you and I have had so many cool conversations that weren't recorded, and I'm like, fuck, we shouldn't have recorded that, so we can listen to it in five years. You know, like to see the growth is is fascinating. Seeing the growth is really cool. Yeah, that's. I haven't gone back to the old ones in a long time, but <laughs> I don't really want to. But I know at some point. Yeah. It's just cool to see it over time, you know. Yeah, for sure. And have you uh, have you been on a, a few podcasts since your transformation? Have you talked about this stuff? This of stuff? is the second podcast that I've been on, and I signed up for this platform called Podmatch, where you get connected with hosts and everything. So I signed up as a guest there, and I'm reaching out to other podcasts. So yeah, the plan is to get on one or two a week, something like that. Nice. I mean, that's pretty ambitious, but if I could get on four a month, that'd be dope. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of annoying that um, I was your second podcast, but that's fine. We'll, we won't talk about that. Um, but <laughs> I should have been your top priority. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was probably busy or something. I don't know. We're going to say that I was busy. Let me ask you this because I want to get into the fitness aspect of it because that's interesting. Uh, but you are newly married. So that is, bro, that is exciting, bro. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. There's a lot going on. It feels good. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, you guys got married where? Colorado Springs. Yeah, the pictures look beautiful. Yeah, it is nice. We got married at Garden of the Gods. We eloped, just us and the photographer. Went down to the little courthouse or whatever in the morning, then read our vows when we got our pictures taken. We got that on on our video, just recorded it ourselves. So nice. it was nice not to have the stress of planning a whole wedding. And mm. I'm really, I'm honestly really glad that we did it this way. Good, and good for you. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I remember when you guys, uh, when you first proposed, we were, I think we were like at a sushi joint or something. The four of us were talking and we're like, even, even though our wedding was very small, and minimal and we planned it ourselves and we didn't go big and we didn't spend a lot of money we kind of 
not that we regret it because it was so great to see so many people and so many friends and family, but if we did it even smaller, it would have been even better because it was stressful leading up to it and, you know, afterwards and the cleanup and, you know, you don't get a chance to really enjoy each other during those like four, five, six, seven weeks prior to. And then afterwards, unless you go on your honeymoon right away, there's so much like shit to deal with afterwards. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. You guys got a chance to experience that. And I think people need to do that more with everything, not just weddings, but like we're doing that again with our baby shower this weekend. We're not going big. Um, it's just, you know, less stress is better. You know, you can't, we have to start thinking less about like what we're supposed to do because Cosmopolitan magazine told us to do it. And we have to start thinking about what's going to affect our mental health and, you know, finances as well. I mean, that shit's expensive, you know, the bigger you go, the more expensive it is. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, every couple we talk to, they're just like, oh, don't spend money on a big wedding. Even if you have the money, you don't even get to spend quality time with all the people that you have there. Yeah. And literally everybody was telling us that. So we're like, all right. <laughs> it's so cool so. that the shift has changed. You know, like, because when we first told our parents what we were going to do, they're like, really? You're not going to like do in the church and you're not going to have like 200 people? And we're like, no, no, it's going to be intimate. It's going to be chill. That's the way to do things for sure. It feels good. Yeah, good. You feel any different? I mean, you guys been together for for quite some time, right? So yeah, we've been together four and a half years. Yeah. It feels good. I mean, it just just like when I proposed, you feel like your relationship gets stronger. We just got married. You feel like your relationship gets stronger. So it's, it feels slightly different, but it feels good. You know? Yeah. Good tack breaks. But at the same time, it doesn't feel different, but it's you know, yeah, just improved a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And how does she, how does she feel with everything, uh, from what you're doing on the fitness aspect? I mean, I know, you know, she's working out with you and things like that, but, um, like I'm curious her thought process from like day one, you know, what were you, what was your communication to her? Cause I'm sure a lot of people out there, maybe they're in the situation of, you know, the, the male, the female, they, they have to look at their spouse and, um, they have to kind of say to themselves, well, you know, this is the step I'm going to take. And some spouses support them, some don't. And that's kind of the hardest part, right, is if you don't get the spouse support, that's a big issue. But also, too, if you, the individual, if you don't want to take that first step, your spouse isn't going to tell you. So, like, you know, I'm not going to tell my wife, hey, you need to work out because I want you to look X, Y, Z. I want you to be healthy. I want you to this, that, and the other. That's not going to happen. That's set up for failure, right? That marriage is not going to go very well. But you as the individual need to kind of get your shit together so that way your spouse is A, attracted to you, is B, wants that longevity of life with you, right? Because a healthier life is a longer life, hopefully. And, you know, that's going to make both of you happy down the road. So if you don't have that individual motivation, um, you're not going to be able to motivate your spouse and get your spouse excited about the relationship. So was Rachel kind of a support for you on that aspect? Yeah, she's been supportive from the jump. So historically for myself, I'm a person who's been inconsistent. I try something out and then I fall off or I have a good idea and I have good intentions, but I don't stick with it. So when I was at my previous job, that's when I signed up for getting coaching for myself. And I basically just told her like, hey, I signed up for this coaching program. He's given me a workout plan a nutrition plan and you get on coaching calls and things like that. And even I was a little hesitant. I wasn't completely 
it's almost like, ah, like I'm going to tell her, but just because you don't want to say something and then you don't follow through with it because, you know, you spend a decent amount of money on it or whatever. So, I'm, but the fact that you told someone, it also made me commit to it. And the fact that you pay for it, mm. you commit to it. So, you know, I was at my previous job and I was like, Hey, I signed up for this coaching thing and I want to take the gym more seriously. Like I want to lose a little bit of weight. And she was super supportive in that. And like with counting the macros and things like that, like that was an adjustment to like what we were doing. You know, you're not going out to eat every single day. So in that regards, and then just over time, you know, we went to the gym together um, a little bit in, she started tracking macros for herself because we had the wedding coming up and she wanted to lose a little bit of weight or whatever and fit into the dress. So yeah, it was a, it's been a cool bonding experience for us. I feel like we've grown stronger together, just going to the gym and yeah, just I feel like we're both on a personal development journey together to improve. So it's it's really cool. Yeah, dude, that's beautiful. And I think that's yeah. you know that's the that's kind of like an underlining positive that people don't think about when they think about health and wellness is like if you can get a supportive partner, not just that like hoorah rah, but if you can get someone that actually does it with you, whether that's just going to the gym with you and stretching, you know something. It doesn't you're not looking to do deadlifts with your partner if the the other person doesn't want to like that's okay but if you can go to the gym and you can make that an activity to drive to the gym together and stretch together and laugh together and people watch together the gym is some of the best people watching of your life like it's it's just a cool experience that you know you can do together versus just going out to dinner and fattening yourself up spending money eating food that's processed and and cooked by 17 people like there's a lot of positives to to doing workouts together and, uh, you know, maybe that's lifting weights, maybe that's yoga, maybe that's Pilates, bar classes, even just going on the treadmill together. There's just a lot of great benefits for sure. Yeah. Going through a challenging experience with somebody else is definitely a bonding experience. I don't know if you ever played team sports, but when you, before the season, you go through like a, almost like a training camp in football. Like we went to this military base camp and you like wake up super early and you do all these like hard workouts and training together and your team just gets a lot more stronger. So if you can do something challenging with your partner, whether it's going on an intense hike or going to the gym or whatever's challenging for you guys, you're going to bond and get closer together through that experience, going through the challenges together. It's dope. Well, good, man. Good to hear. So tell me, um, so let's get into this. So tell me more about kind of like your journey, right? Because I'll throw up some before and and after videos and photos, I'm sure you can send me some raw <laughs> stuff. But um, first, let's talk about the most important part, I think, uh, in this journey, which is <clears throat> how you got overweight. Because that, to me, is is the interesting part. That's the most important part. Because a lot of people don't understand is when that does happen. Because I, I knew you when you were obviously not as shredded as you are now. But I knew you when you were relatively skinny. And then over yeah. time, you you got big, just like a lot of people. I mean, you know, I've, I've had my phases as well. And it's interesting because you weren't aware of it. No. Like, it's not like a lot You're of denial. Right. They're like a lot of people think the the easiest part is putting on the weight. It's really not because it's a long, stretched out time frame where our perception is not reality sometimes when it comes to that. When you look at yourself in the mirror, 
yeah, you might not be satisfied with what's what's on the other side, but you don't understand the progression unless you're taking before and after pictures constantly. So one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be obese. That's just how life is. Yeah. When, when there's yeah. when there's those fucking HGTV shows, the 600-pound woman, do you think that happened overnight? No. Do you think she wanted that? No. She just kept eating and not working out and eating. And not, and then eventually, years down the road, now she's 600 pounds. Now she's got to try to figure out that that situation. So I'm curious, like, what you were thinking these last few years, what happened leading up to it, and then the realization where it was like, okay, now it's game time. Now I got to change this. Yeah, I think at my age, like a lot of people, your focus starts to get a lot more in on money. And that was what my focus was, was trying to grow my business, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, my career, my business and things like that. And also during that time, something I've always enjoyed was going out to eat and eating food. Like that's probably my favorite part about going on vacation and going to places is trying food. And I never looked at the amount of food that I was eating as a problem. Like almost every single meal that I went out, like I was overindulging in food and I didn't even know that it was uh, I didn't even know the definition of gluttony, but basically I was, you know, overeating just till I couldn't breathe anymore for the most part. Like, you know, I enjoyed trying out different food spots and just eating as much as I possibly could. And along with that, not really exercising. I mean, I, I went to the gym like four times a week was like amazing. And I was only going for like 15 to 20 minutes. And then, yeah, maybe once a week, but there would be times and stretches where I wouldn't go for weeks or a month or or whatever. I don't even know what, how often I was going really. And then as soon as I basically got a pump, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like that was, I would literally go for like 10 to 15 minutes sometimes and was not pushing myself. And along with that, I mean, I've had trouble with alcohol since I was 16, just binge drinking, always drinking. So it's like when you drink, you make bad decisions and you're also just overeating. But I was doing that on a regular basis anyway. So overall, I just had bad habits and it just started to catch up with me because I did get, I would say a regular office job and you're sitting all day and we would all go out to lunch and yeah, I just wasn't really that active. Like I would play basketball a couple times a week sometimes or and I thought I was doing something like, oh, I just sweated a lot. I burned some calories, but <laughs> dude, <laughs> not burning enough. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and, the that- and the calorie deficit is is one thing that, you know, people don't really think about too much. I was never in the deficit. Never, never in the deficit. <laughs> yeah. So just because you're sweating and, you know, you, you got in your 10,000 steps, but if you're intaking 4,000 calories a day and you're only burning 1,000, do the math, right? Yeah. You, you can't get yeah. results that way. So- a lot of people. And don't I think, think I was I was probably eating on average between twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred a day. I mean, I'm I'm gonna guess. I never tracked calories or what I was eating, but yeah, yeah. Just to give perspective, like I was eating a lot. Yeah. What was kind of the look that you gave yourself that that one day where it was? Because again, to put in perspective, from let's call it twenty, I don't know, eighteen, right? Twenty seventeen, sure. I think, is when we met. Or twenty, yeah, twenty seventeen. So in that time frame, from then to what year? What was the weight you put on, and what was the day where it was like, 
shit. I need to do something yeah. with this. I would say on average, like back then, I probably weighed 180 pounds. And then I got up to roughly 205 pounds. Maybe I weighed a little bit more than that at, at a time. But the time that I started my program, I was 203 pounds. So, yeah, I mean, that may not even sound that dramatic. But for my body frame, I was starting to get up there. And like I said, I started to gain the most amount of weight. Most amount of weight when I was at my previous job, because I wasn't as active. And now I have a lot more empathy for people who do get overweight, because you're just sitting on your ass all day, you're sitting eight hours a day at a desk, and not being active, and then you eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So if I were to do that for three to five more years, like I probably would have been 250, maybe, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that number alone may not sound like that much. But if you look at my pictures, like I was, I was looking chunky. (laughs) <laughs> you're a little cute chunky kid weren't yeah you? <laughs> i was starting to get the back rolls and shit i'm like oh god i'd see yeah. pictures at the beach of myself i'm like jesus christ yeah well and you know again it's it's so it's so easy to get to that point it really is like oh yeah it's you comfortable know, it's, it's yeah it's and you know a lot of people don't understand is it's not just the fact that you're not active the food that we're intaking, whether that's home-cooked food or fast food, it progressively gets worse and worse every year. It gets more processed and it gets more manufactured because there's 330 million people in the U.S. In order to feed everybody, we can't do that off a couple hundred cows. We have to mass produce and we have to shoot all these animals with steroids and bullshit, and that's how it ends up on our plate. And in that process of shooting the animal with bullshit, treating the animal like garbage, and then cooking it, there's a thousand people that touch that meat from the farmer to cutting it and then freezing it and then shipping it across state lines and getting to your table and then frozen and then unfrozen and frozen and then cooked and then fried. And there's just so much shit that goes into it. And it would hurt your brain if you did the math on how that happens. But to boil it down very simply, if you had to pick a, a, a fast food chain that's the healthiest, what would you say? Like off the top of your head. I mean, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. That's exactly what I would say. One Chick-fil-A yeah. sandwich is almost 500 calories. One sandwich, not the fries, not the soda, not the yeah. lemonade, because I know you motherfuckers get the lemonade. One <laughs> sandwich is 500 calories. The average, if you want to maintain weight... We're not talking calorie deficit, but if you want to maintain weight, recommended average is 2,000 calories a day to intake. So if you're having five meals a day, six meals a day, including snacks, let's say you're having three, three meals a day, one of those meals is a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's 500 calories out of the 2,000 you're supposed to intake. Do the not math. Not to mention that sauce. Oh, my God. For, <laughs> yeah, by the way, that's plain. That's like no no additives to it at all. So, And no one's getting that plain. I mean, you got to do the sauce. You got to do the fries. So it's it's very easy to get to that point. And you, you add in the fact that most of Americans sit down for six to eight hours a day when they work and they're not active. So you're eating all these calories and then you're sitting on your ass and not doing anything and you're looking at a screen. So you're being depressed because that mental health is really, really being affected when you're at a, a, a dark room and you're staring at a screen, you're not getting sunlight. And there's a lot of negatives that come from that. So 
if you're going to eat like shit, at least work out every day, right? Or yeah. eat better, <laughs> work out every day. Better. You feel better. You're going to perform better at work. You know, you and your spouse are going to be happier. I mean, there's just, there's no negatives that come from it. You know, the everything that I've learned over my years is there's just absolutely zero negatives to being active. There's no excuses on any level. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's, it's crazy. And have you seen, because obviously I've seen the transformation, but have you seen, let's call it a year ago, to today, mentally, not just physically, but mentally, how are you, how are you affected? Man, I could talk all day about it, really, <laughs> but it's so cool because I felt like I had a solid mindset growing up because I've been into personal development for a while as far as watching content about it and everything like that, but I didn't realize how much I was just thinking and consuming about positive things, but I wasn't taking action. So overall, I would say my biggest problem is I always ran from pain and I ran to pleasure. So I was pleasure seeking all the time. You, Whenever you had a challenge in life, even if it was something as small as, you know, getting cut off in traffic or you, whatever, any kind of small problem that you can think of, my mindset was so weak. Like I didn't have any mental strength and I just was constantly seeking pleasure in every aspect of my life. And yeah, I was, I had poor habits. I was inconsistent. I was undisciplined. I didn't really know my purpose. I felt like I kind of started to figure things out as far as starting a business or whatever, but I really wasn't fulfilled to the level that I am right now. And when you're not clear on your purpose, you, if you don't have like clarity on what you're after in your life, your purpose, and you don't have a specific plan in your place, life is just going to fuck you up. It's just going to move you around. You're going to just take the punches and you're not going to be able to like be a solid person, be that solid rock as people say, and you're just going to get blown around with the wind, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of different examples I could share of just how weak my mindset was over time. And, um, yeah, I just feel so much better. And I, I feel like I just have so much more gratitude for life and everything, you know? That's great, dude. That's great to hear. But you know, it's, um, it is interesting how you're, how you're describing it because that that's one thing I've noticed when, and Brenda can attest to this for sure, is when I don't work out or if I, um, I'm not active, I don't go for runs. I don't do the sauna. I don't do my ice plunge. I am one of the biggest pricks on the planet. And it's, I figured out the math. It's about 48 hours. That's the time frame where if I don't do either my sauna, my plunger, or some type of training, um, weights, that I become the biggest asshole, not just to Brenda. Um, uh, you know, it's not like a beating or anything. I just mean like in terms of like, just I'm, I'm snippy. Uh, she'll ask me to do something. I'm like, <sighs> or like Oliver, my dog, if he, freaks out or does something, I snap at him like I never snap before. I'm just noticed I'm, I'm very on edge when I don't train. And I think guys in particular, a lot of people don't understand is we need this. Like we're hunters. Okay. We're not gatherers. We're not meant to be foraging and fucking picking fruits. We're meant to be out hunting and, and, and squatting and lifting things up, lifting things up and putting them down. Like this is what we're supposed to do. It's in our, it's in our yeah. blood. It's it, testosterone. There's a reason why you build testosterone when you train. Yeah. 
is that's because your body needs testosterone to build muscle, right? So if you don't train and you don't build muscle, literally by science, you'll have less testosterone. You'll lose it. And you'll lose what it is, I think, personally, one of many things. What makes you a man. What makes you a man. And, you know, women need us. And, you know, men too. You know, depending on, you know, if you're gay, more power to you. But are both of you filled with testosterone? Probably not, right? There's one... There's one guy or there's one girl that needs to look out for the other person, right? So no matter what, if you're a, if you're a human being and you're in a relationship, one of you have to be stronger than the other. You have to because you need to protect each other, right? And that's one thing that I pride myself in is I need to protect my wife and my family. I need to protect my family. When I was single, I was like, I need to protect my family because if my parents get a little bit older, I need to be able to lift them up the stairs, right? Like I, I don't want to be miserable and useless as I get older. And I don't want people to rely, you know, I don't want people to have to take care of me. Like that's, that terrifies me beyond belief. And yeah. that's a mental strain as well. And there's a lot of depression that leads to that. So if you can avoid that right in an early age and get in a routine, you're going to be, I think personally, just mentally a lot better as well. Yeah. It wasn't until I got on the program that I realized that I'm naturally a very lazy person. I just mm. want to lay around and chill and not do anything and uh, uh, fucking just be a lazy piece of shit and eat or like, yeah. So it's like, I need something that's difficult to push me every single day to lift weights and have to exert yourself in order to actually get the ball rolling every single day and do what's required of yourself. And yeah, I just always wanted to you're and I was entitled all the time. Like if I don't work out, I'm very entitled. Like I just want things to go my way and I just mm. I don't want to fucking work for shit. And yeah. Yeah. And you know, have you noticed this to where uh I mean again, this is just me personally, but when I work out, um, once I get in the mode, usually it's about fifteen minutes in. It's about post stretching and and uh when my pre workout kicks in, which, you know, either is a legit supplement or maybe it's just a cup of black coffee. But when I start like getting into it and I start stretching and that first bead of sweat goes down, you can't, I'll be there. I'll be in there for two hours. Like you can't stop me. Once you get in it, it's like one of these things to where nothing matters. The fucking Kardashians on Hulu doesn't matter. TikTok doesn't matter. You know, your problems don't matter. The stress that you're dealing with your family, nothing matters. It's that moment. It's the dumbbells. It's the weights. Once you get in it, I could be in there all day, no? Absolutely. The pump's secure, man. Every single morning I wake up, is my mind is active. Like, I just can't stop thinking. Even if I don't have a big problem going on in my life, I'm just thinking about whatever. You're scrolling on your phone. And most of the time, I'm a little anxious about the future, about things I should be doing or I haven't done. And mm. Once I get into the gym and you start pushing yourself, you just get into that. Yeah, like you say, you get into the zone and you're just focused on that one thing, just pushing yourself as hard as you can. And then you start becoming a problem solver after that. Once you get out of the gym, you're like, oh, okay, that that's what I need to do. All right, boom, boom, boom. Like, Even if it is a big problem, you just look at the solution. Instead of complaining and being focused on the issue, you just start to get way more clarity on what needs to be done. For sure. And this is the science behind, uh, you know, cold and heat shock proteins. You know, for people that don't know the reason why uh, cold therapy and uh, going to the sauna, the reason why these are so beneficial to our overall mental and physical health 
is it pushes your body. It tests your limits. And it pushes you to the brink of giving up. And then once your body's about to give up, your body says, we need to go into overdrive, guys. Let's go. And now your body goes into this new level that you didn't know existed. And that's the benefit of not just training, but just pushing yourself to limits. And I know you guys talked about half-ass training. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key is when you, when we talk training, we're not talking fucking eight to 10 reps, three sets, two minute rests in between. You stretch a little bit. Like we're not talking that we're talking, (laughs) you need to fucking push yourself if you want to get the results. That's, that's the key that people don't, don't understand. And you know, again, it's tough for sure. But I love what you said because when you do push yourself and you get those results, that's just a bonus. That's a caveat. The big result, I think, fuck how you look because that's a big benefit, but fuck that shit. Think about this. Think about you're pushing yourself so hard and you want to give up, and then you find out that your body is capable of five more reps. Now, when the dude cuts you off in traffic, it doesn't affect you. Exactly. Yeah. It's whether it's amount of weight or like you confidence is built when you don't know if you can get a weight, whether it's like uh, a high amount of weight or the reps that you do If that confidence is built when you don't know if you can do it and then you go after it and you actually get it. And it's like, fuck, like I did it. Like That's it, you just get into that new level of, uh, you know, just get into a new level of your mind that you didn't know you're capable of. Yeah. And again, it just prepares you for the bigger problems ahead. You know, like it's all about preparation. Yeah, yeah. Every day. None of, none of the other stuff matters that you think it matters when you're able to kind of put yourself in that. Um, I don't want to say like a, a higher level of thinking cause it's not like a cult. It's just like once your once your body is, um, to the peak of quote unquote perfection of, of what you need on a daily life you realize that a lot of stuff doesn't matter. You realize that a lot of your problems go away. And that's not because problems go away, because they don't go away. It's how you handle the problems is what's the difference. You handle the problems way more different when you're mentally and physically stronger. And you can only get that way through training. Yep. You know? Yeah, by having a strict routine, you become a person who can handle the problems that life hands you. Like life's coming to hit you in the face. Life's going to hand you circumstances that you don't want. And you're going to have problems that are outside of your control. But if you can stay strict in your routine, in your program and not, you know, not waver on your non-negotiable tasks that you have to get done, you're going to be a person who can handle those, that stress. You can handle those problems that come into your life. And that's one of the biggest benefits is just becoming a person who can handle the stress of the things that you want. That's right. They coupled that with <laughs> the hard realization that any type of substance that you're putting in your body, that's going to prevent you from doing the things we're talking about to training and to be healthy. That's going to really affect your overall life. Great example would be alcohol. We talked about this in the beginning of the show, but I, I've been sober since October and I know you guys have, have gone back and forth and I know you've been sober for a long time too, but it was one of the hardest things that I've done. No question. Yeah. And when it finally got out of my system, I want to say maybe it was four weeks. I can't really do the math in my head, but you know, I stopped it and uh, Halloween was our last day where we went hard with the booze. 
And then November 1st, right, the next day, hungover, destroyed. And I was like, this is a perfect time to stop drinking alcohol because I felt like shit. But the holidays, Tony. <laughs> but Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, I love how like the accent we use is the same. No matter. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so stereotypical. But it, it is true, man, because a lot of people said that, right? They're like, well, what'd you do for Thanksgiving? Did you not have wine? I go, crazy, right? Crazy to think that, that yeah. I don't put poison in my body. And, you know, listen, don't get me wrong, man. I love me some vino. Like, I, I, I do miss it. But what I don't miss is, even if it was a glass of wine twice a week, what I don't miss is how that week was. That week was shit. It's not my best week. Yeah. There's never been a time in your life where I had the best week ever. My relationship was great. My training was the best. That week was not filled with alcohol. There's never been a person. It's average. Yeah. There's never been a person that said that where they're like, yeah, this was my best week. I was the most productive at work. I had the the best week of my life. When you drink, never happens. And that's because it takes not only a week for alcohol to get out of your system, even if it's just a couple glasses, but just mentally, you can't recover even a day or two days later. So what do we do as a as as human beings? Well, we intake caffeine, right? Once we, once we fill a gullet with a bunch of caffeine, because we don't want to like feel that grogginess from a couple nights before, well, now we're getting dosed with caffeine constantly. Now we crash midday. And now we're like, ugh, life is horrible. This job sucks, and I don't have the energy to do Bro, you don't have the energy because not only did you have a bunch of alcohol, but now you had a bunch of caffeine, and now you're crashing. Of course you don't have energy. And you didn't work out today. So of course you don't have energy. Like yeah. it's Yeah, it's like of course you feel like shit. You're not doing anything to make yourself feel better. Like – that feeling that you get after a workout that we were just talking about, that gratitude, that clarity, that peace of mind that you feel, you don't just wake up with that. Like you don't just wake up out of bed and feel amazing. And then if you add on top of feeling hungover, I like to look out of it like you're in the negative, like waking up every single day, you're at like zero. But if you're hungover, like you're you're in the negative. So how are you going to expect to feel good if you're participating in things that make you feel like shit. Like it just doesn't make fucking sense. And people are delusional about the things they're doing. Like they just don't get it for some reason. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with what we've been taught. You know, it's yeah. uh, the, the, whether it's movies, TV, I hate to sound like, you know, a 50 year old grandpa that's saying their kids shouldn't play video games because uh, I'm not that person. But I am I am saying that the social aspect of drinking is fun. And I get it. That's that social lubricant, especially if you're an introverted person. I mean, obviously, you know me. And, and for people that don't know me that are listening, I'm extremely extrovert. I don't need alcohol to have a conversation. You know, I'm not, obviously, neither of us are buzzing right now. And we're having a great combo. Like, it's yeah. it's we're the we're maybe a, a different human. And I get that. Some people need that social lubricant. What I would say is, though, is this, is what if alcohol was illegal? What if you couldn't drink it? Could you live your life without it? The answer is yes, for sure. We don't want to because we're comfortable with it. We do it all the time. We see it. But once you get out of that, once you get out of that routine, like you were saying with working out, and you replace it with something else, you know, I'm an addict by heart. So I was addicted to a lot of different things. But when I replaced one addiction, in this case it was booze and drugs, when I replaced that with work and working out, my life drastically changed. Not only yeah. was I able to you know, be financially independent, 
but I was able to work for myself. I found myself a nice little toots and things are good. And that's because I, I got myself on track. So we always like to point fingers and complain that America's shitty, life is crazy, and you know it's uh, the government's against us. And you can complain all you want, but when you're just not doing the right steps to make things better, yeah, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. And also, I want to say, so I'm more. I would say I'm in the middle as far as extroverted and introverted, but. For a long time, I was more on the introverted side because I had a lack of self-confidence. I was very insecure. And unless I felt mm. comfortable around certain people, I didn't want to be around a lot of people or I felt uncomfortable when I was in crowds of rooms. And why don't we see that as a problem that you have to drink a beer, you have to drink several drinks in order to feel comfortable enough to have a conversation with people or to feel confident enough to look a group of people in the eyes. That is a problem. And a lot of people want to blame that on being introverted. And the reality is a lot of people just don't put themselves through enough, what I call self-inflicted adversity in order to gain that self-confidence to be able to talk to people. And I can say that because I was one of those people. Whenever I was at a family event or I was at some kind of party, some work thing, I felt like I had to drink in order to feel confident in a group setting because I'm more introverted, which I think is bullshit. Like, sure, if you, you may not naturally feel inclined to speak to a lot of people, like you're more on the shy side, but you need to understand and get honest that requiring to drink alcohol in order to speak to a group of people is a problem. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That is a problem. And I mean, I mean, I didn't even think that that was what I was doing when I was drinking as often. I just thought that was normal. Right. In our culture, it is. I mean, you can't, I mean, think about it. You can't go to a restaurant unless it's a fast food chain. And even that, (laughs) some fast food chains are now actually starting to serve alcohol. It's like, you can't go somewhere outside your house where alcohol and, you know, shitty, greasy food is getting pushed down your gullet. Um, So it's, there's no reason why you should have the mentality of what you just mentioned. Uh, it's a great way to put it to where we, we accept it as like being introvert. So you dose yourself with alcohol, but when you understand and you do the research of what alcohol is and what it does to your body and the, you know, there's a reason why we don't allow kids to drink alcohol. It's because it, it shortens brain development and there's not enough studies to prove to us that it doesn't shorten your brain development as we get older, right? We talked about earlier where your brain's still developing at the age of 25. So if you're drinking from 21 to 25, technically your brain's still developing. You're still learning. You're still at a very, very impressionable age, um, you know, outside your brain and inside your brain. Like the, the way you, the way your muscle can actually, excuse me, the way your brain inside your muscle can actually develop is very similar to how, your muscles can when you're working out is if you're not utilizing that brain to work out and you're just utilizing it to drink and to fill yourself with this nonsense, there's a reason why when you're in your thirties, you're still drinking every single day. You're still drinking every single weekend. You've been predisposed to this at a young age. And that's why it's so important that that's why I love that you're doing this coaching is you surround yourself with not just like-minded people, but the people have gone through the struggle people that have the ability to walk you through what to do and what not to do. And, you know, we look at these things, quote unquote, coaches as like, oh, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I know what I'm doing. There's YouTube. I get it. But dude, there's been social media for 20 years. And what are you doing with your life? 
Like some yeah. people need a little push. And as an ex-personal trainer, people always laughed at me saying, I don't need a trainer. I don't need this. But you'd be amazed at just working with someone a couple days a week, a couple days a month, something giving you that extra motivation, not a full-time thing. I would imagine with your program, you're not looking to coach these people till they're in their 60s. Some people need just a little push and they need a little guidance and they're not getting it on social media. They're not getting it from their family. They're not getting it from their alcoholic friends. Where can they turn? Yeah, right. absolutely. I think the biggest thing, most people have no structure in their life and they have poor habits. So that was the big reason why I got coaching for myself to lose weight was because, okay, I know how to work out. Like I've been lifting weights since I was 14. Like I know the different exercises I should do. Um, I wasn't that educated on nutrition at all, but my point is, is that I had no discipline and structure. So I knew by investing in a program and investing in a coach that there was going to be somebody who was going to hold me accountable. And the fact that I paid money, like you have to pay to pay attention. So that's one thing people need to understand. You may already know how to work out, or maybe you've lost weight in the past before, but you fell off. A lot of times people need to change their mindset. They need some accountability and they need to get around a positive group of people who are going to push them. So <clears throat> yeah, even if you're in the gym already right now, but if you still look the same as you did a year ago, that's a problem. Or if you feel like you're really not you feel like there's something missing in your life. You feel like, you know, just your life is average. You're not really living your purpose. You don't feel fulfilled. You'd be surprised how changing your mindset and your perspective on things along with changing why you're doing things like lifting weights and basically what we were talking about before, how like how you feel after the gym. I feel like if you're not aware of those things, some people just don't have the self-awareness to understand what they're doing. They just look at it as like lifting weights or whatever. They're going through the motion. But right. if you change why you do something, it'll mean a lot more to you. Yeah. That's such a great way to put it too. Cause structure is, I think, um, a big reason why I continue to train and to work out is because I need that structure. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I don't want to get, I don't want to go to the gym and you know, my gym's at the house now to where it is macked out. Like I got a nice floor. I got my home mirror. I got these brand new dumbbells from uh, Bowflex that adjust and go up to hundred pounds. Like, uh, I got the sauna, I got the ice plunge, like it is decked out Smith machine. Like I'm, but some days I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do it. And very similar to like brushing your teeth. You don't want to do it. Sometimes, sometimes you have that coffee. <laughs> in, sometimes you have that coffee in the morning. You're like, Oh, I don't want to brush my teeth. Cause I'm about to have breakfast. I'll just do it later. If you do that with working out, like brushing your teeth, there's going to be long-term negative effects. If you don't brush your teeth for a long period of time, you're going to get cavities. You're going to get gum disease. Like there's there's negatives to not doing these important yeah. steps. Just like working out, there's negatives. You're gonna you're gonna gain weight. You're gonna feel lethargic. You might get diabetes if you get too big. You have type two diabetes. Eventually, you're gonna lose your legs. Like there is some serious fucking side effects to not training and not working out. And we're getting to this point to where we look at people like us that maybe work out and talk about fitness. And I get a lot of heat because of my my podcast talk a lot about health, wellness. And, really? Oh, oh, dude. Like some of the videos I put out about circadian rhythm and stuff. Like I put out a video about how important circadian rhythm is and getting outside. In the comments, people are like, 
well, you must not have a fucking job where you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and you got to work till 6 p.m. and feed a family. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, how yeah, are they you? just project their insecurities on other people? Yeah, dude, of course. And I get it. You know, I, I respond back saying, hey, I would I would look up more details about circadian rhythm and the importance. Because if you are a family man and you do work out, this is going to be beneficial to you. Like, I try to do yeah. what I But at the end of the day, it's just so funny how people look at this like it's a uh, it's a privilege to do this. No, bro. Like you have, yeah, you have to do this. Like this is a necessity. You must. And if you cannot do it on your own, thankfully there's people like Ben Mangum out there that, that offer coaching that can, that can walk you through the process and give you some structure. That's the key. You got to figure it out. No, for sure, man. I mean, people just get shit so twisted of what we all get so comfortable. Everybody is so comfortable. Even if you're working hard at your job or whatever, I'm, you just look, you're always pleasure seeking, looking through the different. Yeah. I don't know. It's just what I'm, what I'm trying to say is people, like you said, don't look at working out as a requirement because they're not educated on the health benefits. And for me, I always took my health for granted. Like any, anytime I heard you talking about health or I hear other people talking about health in the past, that never motivated me to work out. Like I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you just yeah. take it for granted. And it's not until you get like hit in the face with some shit that you're like, that you wake up, you know? And you're like, oh, shit. And by the way, uh, <laughs> one of the last things I, I want to mention is as you get older, it gets it gets more challenging. Yeah. You know, as you get older, it gets more challenging. So it's important that you get this structure now because it's going to take a long time. It might take a year. It might take, it might take you two years to get that structure. So it's important that you figure this thing out early. Because when you're in your 50s and 60s, and I'm dealing with it as well, I got family members and, you know, friends that are a little bit older um, that are trying to get into it. And it's tough. You know, your hormone levels are fucked up. If you're a guy, your testosterone level is extremely low. Your metabolism is the lowest it's ever going to be. When you hit over 30, your body quite literally starts dying. That's the whole idea. Is it, it dies. Every day. It's worse and worse and worse. Unless you work at it and you perfect it. And that's why it's so important no matter what age you are, specifically younger, but you got to get on a routine because it's going to be even harder. If you you want to you want to work out now for the body you want later. That's what I always say. Yeah. Is don't don't think about it as like, "Oh, I want to be good for the gram." No, bro, like <laughs> you want to last a long time yeah. for your family, right? Like especially me, we got a baby on the way, like there's I'm working out harder now more than I I ever have because I'm yeah. like I want to run around with my kid when I'm 70. Yeah, you can't do it for the superficial reasons. That's right. why I always fell off because I was pretty skinny for a long time. So I was like, eh, I'm good, whatever. Or even now, if I allowed to dick, if I allowed my looks to dictate my actions, I'll be like, oh, I look good. I got abs, whatever. Like, yeah. but all of the benefits that we've talked about, not even just the health, but having the structure in your daily life, how it makes you feel, the clarity, and just living in alignment with the life that you want. Like, like you said, playing with your kid, like bro, some, some parents literally can't even fucking play outside with their kid. Like it's fucking pathetic. It's, I mean, I don't have kids yet, so I don't really like to speak on stuff like that, but it's the truth, man. Like, well, I, I could tell you, it's, it's I, I have a kid yeah. on the way. It's fucking pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, actually, I guess we can speak. It. I mean, if you make the observation, fuck it. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it, there's so much more important things in life than what we typically do on a daily basis. So yeah. uh, get, getting that structure and, and working out and, and having that fitness, it's, it's going to help a lot of things. Sure.
from your whole journey, if there was one sentence or paragraph, if there was one thing that you can say about how life-changing this whole process was, how could, how could you put a bow on this and talk about it? I would say that it gave me clarity on what my purpose is as a man. I used to always think that my purpose was my job or the business that I was after, like video production and helping people with telling their story. That was the thing that I told myself. But really, it wasn't until my coach told me what my purpose was to create the man that you admire and give him to the world. That's what I have to remind myself every day of why I'm doing this. And every day, you have to choose your purpose over pleasure. And that is what kept me going this entire time. Whenever you want to fall off, whenever you want to quit, whenever you don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., whatever, or if you want to go back to drinking, like I have to choose uh, my purpose over my pleasure, purpose over pleasure. And I would say you need to understand that that is everyone's purpose. That is what you have to do in this life is to make the best Tony. You got to create the best. 10.0 version of Tony. And if you don't do that, basically you're just selfish because you're choosing pleasure and you're choosing comfort over your people, especially people who are in a relationship, you're married, you have a kid, like you're basically just giving these people a big fuck you by choosing you over your people. Yeah. And you need to understand that the, the drinking, the smoking, the drugs, the overeating, it's all pleasure. I know you have a story that you're telling yourself of why you continue to do it because you like it and it's fun and I enjoy it, but nothing about it is making you better. And once you get clarity on your purpose and you start to live it, you'll start to realize and feel that this way of living feels so much better. And once you're exposed, once once one is con- exposed to this life, you can't go back because you know what you were capable of. Yeah, that's, that's such a great like, way. I, I could never, I could never go back to being a dumb, drunk little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's just what I was, bro. I mean, just yeah. it's a little boy. Like I was just acting like a boy. Yeah, you know? and you know, a lot of people are probably listening to this and like, well, you know, it's easier said than done. Because no shit. I work, you know, I work, uh, <laughs> right. I work X amount of hours and, you know, I don't have time to cook my own food and, you know, fast food is better. Going out to dinner is, is better. It's our date night. Like whatever your, whatever your excuse is, um, I, I would say to add on to what you said, cause it's, that's perfect what you said, but to add on to it, I would say everybody has been in that situation where, you know, it's the wrong thing to do, but you're choosing the pleasure. A great example would be this is you're out to dinner on the rare occasion. You probably shouldn't go out to dinner, but you do. But you're out to dinner and you're having a quote unquote cheat meal, right? Something that's a little bit unhealthier than you typically do. You feel full, but then you see the dessert menu and you're like, you know, fucking cheesecake. Yeah. Ooh, it's so good. And I says to you, I go, I go, but hold on, John, John, the cheesecake is not healthy. You're aware of this. Yes. What do you say every single time? Oh, but it tastes so good. That's what you say. So, John, you're a fucking idiot. You need to listen to this. Everything that is good for you probably doesn't taste good, but that's not why we do it. We do it because it's better for us, and it extends our life, 
and mentally and physically, you're just going to feel better. So you have to start, you have to stop, excuse me, you have to stop thinking about these short-term satisfactions. And you need to think about the long-term satisfaction. The long-term satisfaction is this, and I, I bet if you ask every single person that has died of some sort of respiratory or uh, respiratory disease or maybe diabetes or you know something that could have been avoided just through fitness, health, and just taking care of yourself. If you ask every single person, they would not eat that cheesecake. They would not eat that cheeseburger from the fast food joint. They would not. They would have so many regrets. So if that's the case, avoid that in the early on and just don't surround yourself with that type of stuff. You know, if, if you like sweets, don't buy Oreos and keep them in your pantry. Oh, but it's just the occasional cheat. No, bro. Like, that's temptation. That's like me saying I'm so happy with my wife. But... I'm just going to follow like these couple hundred Instagram models. I just want to look. I'm not, there's not going to do any, uh, no, but it's the pleasure I want. That's the, that's the difference is get that shit off your Instagram feed so you're not tempted by it. You need to surround yourself with the good things that make things better for you and you're going to live a longer, healthier life. It's going to be harder for sure, but you'll have no regrets down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. You give me an inch, I'll take it a mile. I'm an addict. I had to get real that I was, I have an addictive personality and I I always looked at addicts like, you know, they do heroin or meth and because I didn't do that, I didn't have an addiction, but to alcohol and overeating, uh, chasing women, porn, all that shit, bro. I mean, it's just, that's the beautiful thing about fitness and getting healthy is you start you are like the core, like you're the main pillar or whatever. And once you get that aligned, you start to see all the different areas where you're fucking up. Hmm. And when I started to get better, I had to get honest with myself and realize that I'm an addict. And it's like, well, I might as well be addicted to something good like lifting weights. And so I don't look at it as a negative thing now, which is cool. And yeah, I mean, I just... But I'm sure you did. A lot of people just need to be honest, but, you know. I'm sure you did, right? When you first woke up, those first couple days at 4 a.m., you're like, fuck this. This is Oh, every day. Dude, every day it fucking sucks. Like, I don't want to do it. And I want to just sleep in, and I don't want to go to the gym or... Still, right? Still. You have to remind it. Yeah, no. And you have to remind yourself that it's not about you, and you're doing it for your people. You build yourself up to give yourself to your people. Yeah. And it's... You know, you, you do these hard things to make yourself feel better and build that self-confidence and that discipline. But if you're only doing it for yourself, you're going to fall off the wagon. But if you remind yourself why you're doing it for other people, then mm. it's, you know, you're going to stick in it with the long run. There was something that I learned that I think would help a lot of people watching this is that there's two different phases that you'll go through when it comes to on when you go on your personal development journey is self-actualization and then self-transcendence. So it starts with self-actualization. Like you hear these people where they're just focused on them and I'm just doing me and, you know, I'm done worrying about other people and they're going to the gym and they're on their shit and they're just like in their grind mode worrying about themselves. But at some point when you heal yourself, you have to then go and help other people. And if you choose not to help other people with the things that you, 
healed of yourself, then you're selfish and you're basically an asshole. And you'll, and you'll see it in people now that you know this is you'll see people who are still in the phase of self-actualization. They may have a lot of money. Like, you know, that guy who is like selfish about how he made money. Like he doesn't want you to know how he made money. Like he's weird about it and shit. Like those, those kind of people are like people who are facetious and they don't want to like tell you how they got fit or how they became successful or anything like they're just worried about them. They don't care to help you. So yeah, my whole point is, is when you, you build yourself up, you do it for other people and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Being, being selfless is, is yeah. extremely important. And a lot of people won't have that quality until you get your mind right. You know, yeah. You, and you got to do it, but you got to build yourself up first. There's a lot of like people, I would say like parents are very, a common example like moms they're always like giving to other people giving 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 but their their life is turning to shit because they're not working on their body or anything that's right yeah 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 it's it's very similar to like the uh the airplane analogy right like if the plane's going down and you got a kid next to you right you gotta gotta put your mask on first and then you could worry about the kids so that's that's how you got to treat you know your life is you got to get your shit together first and the the best way to do that like you said is, is personal development finding a coach and figuring out what you can do to make this because there's a formula. I mean, it's there's a lot of di- there's a lot of different formulas and there's a lot of great folks out there with some great knowledge. But <clears throat> I think it is important the little the little amount of money that it might cost you to get that development um, is, is nothing, right? Like it's, like as much as money as we spend on streaming services and going out to dinner and Starbucks coffee, if you could just make a sacrifice for a month. And spend yep. it on, you know, someone like yourself or a coach or a person and just figure out what it costs you and then just do that. Set aside money and to do there is not a single thing that you pay on a monthly basis that's gonna give you better residual benefits than that. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, one one of the most important things in my life is my gym. And if someone was to tell me that I have to sell everything I can to pay my mortgage, the shit in my gym would be the last thing I sell. And that's weird to say. Like, I would sell these microphones. I would sell whatever I have to do to pay a bill. The last thing I would sell is my gym. Because not only does that keep me physically ready to rock and roll, but mentally it keeps me stronger to deal with all the bullshit. So if I am selling my life (laughs) to pay my mortgage, the last thing I want to sell is my gym. Because if I'm broke as hell and I'm stressed out, I'm going to need the gym. Like there, Yeah, and that gym's going to get you back on track to making money. Fuck yeah. Like, there is not a world that we're going to live in that it says, you know what we need? We need that Netflix subscription to live. That doesn't exist. You don't need that shit. You need to be healthy. You need to work out. You need to focus on yourself. And, and the gym is one of the one things that's going to get you on track to do that. So absolutely. Well, dude, it's, uh, it's been fun as always. I've always wanted to, uh, I think most of the conversations we've had, at least on the microphone has been about, you know, content creation, social and, and all that. So I'm glad that you're as passionate about this as you as you have uh, be, become to be these last what this 12 months. I mean, really, this is the journey, yeah, right? I mean, dude, I, I've been into per- like I said, like playing football, growing up as a kid through high school. Like I was into personal development and like and things like that over the time, but I wasn't putting in the action. Right. Like yep. I I wasn't living congruently with the life that I wanted. I wanted this thing I knew I had potential but I had poor habits and yeah. I didn't have discipline and a routine so it was finally that I invested in coaching that I got somebody to smack me upside the head and get me right so now that I've healed myself got sober 
have a lot more discipline. I want to help people with what I did. And I love it, dude. And it's great. So it's man. not like I just randomly started working out for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But now, I mean, these last, I mean, the whole journey, it's been what, like 12 months since you've really been going hard? Seven months. Yeah. Seven months. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's, it's such a short amount of time frame. Like people think it's a long time, but um, it's not. I mean, seven months is is nothing. You know, it's a, it's a blink no. that happens. And what's cool about it is it's the, it's the hard part in the beginning, right? These, the first probably two, three months was really difficult for you, I would imagine. But then as you get into it, it becomes, again, like we've talked about numerous times, a part of the routine. It's brushing your teeth. It's fucking going to yeah. bed at a certain time. Once you get in the routine, it's hard to get out of it. So a lot of people look at what we're talking about like, I don't know if I can get started and I don't know if I can maintain. No, bro. Like just like anything else, once you start a routine, it takes 28 days to start to, uh, it takes 28 days to get on a routine. Once you can like get on this routine, it's so easy to maintain it and you cannot live without it. And you will yep. sacrifice other things in your life to stay on this routine. Because, again, it is the only thing that gives you those residual benefits. Absolutely. And I know we spoke about alcohol earlier, but <clears throat> it's not until you drop those vices that you can really start to move forward. In order, like you said, get into that routine, you're going to fall off your routine. You're going to fall off on your good habits. If you continue to self-sabotage with alcohol, drugs, all that shit, whatever your vices are, so it's like you got to get rid of the bad shit and then you just start. Just start with the good shit, start with the habits and the routine and you will start to develop the habit and make that sacrifice of what's, you know, you'll make the sacrifice of the things that aren't needed for the better life. Mm, dude, well said, for sure. Well, listen, man, again, it's been it's been a pleasure to get to to chat with you about this topic. It's um, it, it's cool to not only see your progression, but uh, I'm just proud of of everything that you've been able to accomplish. And it's, it's cool to see dude, for sure. And, Thank you, bro. and your social media, it, uh, it motivates me and I've been in this for quite some time and I know it motivates other people. And I, I think if people, um, want to make the sacrifice, whether it's a, a monetary sacrifice, mentally, physically, whatever that sacrifice is, I think, uh, working with you would be well worth it. So where can people go to find you? What can they do to reach out to you with coaching as a DM as an email What's the best way? Yeah, for sure. Follow me at Ben C. Mangum on Instagram. I post on my Instagram every single day so you guys can tune into the story and see my daily routine. And yeah, shoot me a message for coaching and I'll give you a breakdown of the program. We can just get it cracking on changing your life. One thing I want to say that I didn't get to and Tony said, there's a lot of fitness guys out there. There's so much information on social media and YouTube and all, and all of that. And one thing I will say about myself is I make things very simple because that's what worked for me. There's a lot of people who make shit super complicated and give you all these different options. Whatever's best for you, we're going to make it super simple and just take it one step at a time and change your life. I love it, dude. Well said. Again, Ben Mangum, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. <laughs> Uh, and I, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for thanks for sharing that and saying that you're proud of me. I mean, when I hear people like you, like my parents have told me how proud they are of me or your girl, like, guys, that's what it's about. Making people proud. Like, don't you want to make your people proud? Yeah, like, dude. that shit feels fucking good. Fuck yeah, bro. Especially when you're part of that tribe. You know, like, in, if you have a group, like, it's always, it might sound egotistical, but I've always wanted to be a part of the group that... I am like the top person in the group. And whether that's 
you know, being me being a narcissist or <laughs> my ego's big, but I was never that when I was in my teens and 20s. I worked very hard to do what I could, not to impress people because that doesn't motivate me, but I would just want to be the best person I can be. And um, if I am that best person in the group, it's going to motivate other people to be the best person they can be, not to be better than me. Even if everyone's equal at the end of the day, the trick is to get to that mountain. Everyone needs to be the best version of themselves. And sometimes you need that leader that that's going to get you there. And you just got to, yeah. you just got to find that person. So, um, it, it looks like you've become that person, dude. And, uh, it, it's cool to see. So, uh, I don't see this going anywhere. I know you're going to keep it up for a long time and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited, dude. So congrats on everything and congrats on being, uh, a new hubby. That's, that's a motivating caveat to yes, this sir. whole thing and, uh, give Rachel our best. Yeah. Keep doing your thing, bro. Exciting. Appreciate you, bro. Let's talk soon. Yes, yeah, sir. Ben Mango, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics, but I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out, and they're all just as good. But if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics I talked about, as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time.